Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Movie Digest. I'm JQ. And I'm Finn. Uh, we're doing something slightly different this week, or so do I say we were doing something slightly different last week. <coughs> um, in my infinite wisdom, I decided that it might be a fun idea to uh, record us visually using three amazing cameras and uh, this rather nifty device for recording sound. We managed to get halfway through it, was it? I think it was less than that, a third of the way through. A third of the way through, when the, uh, unbeknownst to us, the sound stopped recording. Um, so we thought, fine, no, we'll just do it again. Great. Set it all up. Hit go. I was staring at the recording device, flashing away at me, thinking, brilliant, it's still recording. Got to the end, realising that flashing means it's ready to record and not actually recording. <laughs> uh, I couldn't face doing it again last week. <laughs> There's only so much I can hear about Cockneys versus Zombies. Um, <laughs> so this is an introduction to last week's podcast, where we talk about our well, top, top, well, top five uh, war movies. So head over, we'll put the audio from that on this, so you can enjoy that, and then we'll come back at the end of that and do our movie news and all the stuff that we missed out last week. So uh, enjoy last week's, this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Movie Digest. I'm JQ. And I'm Finn. Our top five for this week is our top five war movies. So you can go first this week. What's your top five? This week, I actually find this quite tricky because I I had a list in my head, but then I wanted to double check I hadn't left left anything off. So I googled uh, top war movies and looked through them. And a lot of the ones that were near the top, I'd either not seen or didn't really like. Um, So I feel like there's probably a lot of these choices might anger people watching at home. my number five choice is uh, kind of an older war film called Ice Cold and Alex. Never heard of that. Um, That's going to be my catchphrase, not heard of that. <laughs> um, so it's this great film, for, it's 1953 or something, That's I think it came out. Um, so it's black and white. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give too much away because like, the, the, the whole thing to do with the movie, the whole premise is basically this journey that these... Uh, collection of ragtag people that are stranded in Northern Africa during World War II. Right. They're separated after an attack at their camp. Right. And they try to make it to uh, safety in Alexandria. Uh, so that's the Alex of the title. Right, okay. Um, and there's uh, it's kind of a ragtag group uh, of soldiers and nurses and stuff like that. Um, they get into a whole lot of hijinks along the way, but the one thing that the main characters focused on is this uh, ice cold pint of beer <laughs> when they arrive in, right. in Alex, which is why the title is Ice Cold in Alex. That's the kind of the thing that drives them. So for a Scotsman, yeah. that's kind of like the most perfect thing to have <laughs> yeah. a movie where the Must entire crux beer. of the movie is based on them getting this ice cold beer at the end. And interestingly enough, they, they had to, when they shot the scene, the, the famous scene at the end where they, they, they arrive and they have the pint of beer, yeah. um, uh, they tried using uh, like non-alcoholic or fake beer or some some sort of substitute um, t- to do the scene, but it just didn't look authentic. So they had to use real beer. Ah, okay. So every take, this guy has to effectively neck a whole glass of beer. <laughs> so I think he was kind of bleary-eyed by the time he'd finished something they had to do about eight or nine takes of that. So. I couldn't stand it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's number five. Um, number four for me is Full Metal Jacket. Uh, see, I haven't so gone for any of the classics. classics. I, 
yeah, I suppose that is considered a classic. Yeah. Um, I, I actually came to being a fan of Stanley Kubrick's quite late on. I didn't think he was that good when I first started watching films, but no, then you just weird, see you see the breadth of type of movie that he's done. You know, he's done like epics and he's done sci-fi and he's done yeah. horror and he's yeah. done you know a whole host of different things. So, uh, and this is one of my favourite ones. I think. The character played by um, R. Lee Emery is just a kind of um, archetypal drill sergeant that, Maggot, what are you doing? kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, but, but he's the original one for me. Yeah. He's, he's the best person that's ever played that. So, uh, and the, the movie, is, it, as a character study, it's great because it kind of doesn't glamorize the war at all. Um, it's just, it's, it's a great movie. Yeah. So that's number four for me. Uh, number three, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of had to most or less. I try and look to find a, a way of putting a Tarantino film in because I love Quentin Tarantino. But uh, I, I just this is this is a great film, and although it's completely not realistic in the slightest, any war movie which has got uh, an ending where you get to see. Hitler's face yeah. pummeled by bullets uh, it's got to be in there so that's number yep. three um, number two for me uh, another classic I suppose Schindler's List okay you've come for the big ones yeah okay. <laughs> I just I remember seeing that and it having the, the impact on me where it, like, it genuinely horrified me watching most mm. of the scenes in that and I think particularly there's the scene uh, where they're kind of clearing out the ghettos to take all the people to the concentration camps yeah uh, it's just it's brutal the camera work is incredible and of course the whole thing's done in black and white as well which kind of adds this weird sense of um realism there's a kind of it just because there's no color in the film it's like there's no hope right um i don't know if that's one of the devices for it and i just yeah i I loved that um great cast as well you've got liam neeson yeah fines he's great uh, ben kingsley it's just and it's for me it's spielberg it's best because again it it focuses on the human human element of the war, as a lot of Spielberg movies do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then following on from that, number one for me, there could be no other choice. Saving Private ah, Ryan. I knew it was going <laughs> <laughs> I just I remember seeing it in a history class when I was about um, fifteen or sixteen years old. Yeah. I'm almost physically shaking when we came to the end of it. I was just like, oh my goodness, that it was like so traumatic, but it was just so brilliantly done. Mm. I just I can't think of another opening sequence or an opening 20 minutes of a film that just straight away leaves your jaw on the floor the way that Saving Private Ryan does, you know, that the whole... Because you're with these men as they land on the, the Oma Beach and the D-Day landings. You got an Oscar for sound. That doesn't surprise me. No. It, it didn't win quite a few Oscars. Did it win Best Picture that year Is as it well? six? Six or seven? It won quite, quite a, a lot, few. Yeah. Um, but again, it's one of the reasons why Spielberg's one of my fav- favourites mm. because it, he, he does this in action and everything else incredibly well, but it's all about the, the human aspect. Yeah. Like it, it, what is one man's life worth? It, the whole thing when you're watching the films, you're like, I can't believe that they're sending these six men out to try and find one man. Mm. Like, who says what a life is worth? And, and that's the kind of the whole crux of the movie. Um, it's a great story. It's quite moving and a little bit Americanized. And I just find it hard that they, they go across half of occupied Europe and they don't meet any British soldiers. Pretty yeah, much. they don't mention it at all, do they? It's just it's peculiar. It's like they've come from New York straight on their boat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the British have gone home. Yeah. Um, so that's my top five. Very good. My right, my top five. Number five is where equals dare. 
Okay. Have yeah. you seen that? Yes, I have actually. That's one of the the older ones that. So it's Richard seen. Burton, Clint Eastwood, um, written by Alistair McLean, a fellow Scott. Um, McLean. McLean. Um, <laughs> it was a film that was then rewritten as a book by okay. him, not the other way around, which is quite interesting. Uh, it's got a great plot, a good twist in the middle. Obviously, Richard Burton's brilliant. Um, I'm not quite sure why Clint Eastwood was in it, but. Anyway, that's my right. any, any, anything can be improved with Clint Eastwood in it. <laughs> Clint Eastwood and guns can't really argue with that. Uh, my number four is controversial, maybe Starship Troopers. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a war it's, film. I, I do love it, and it is a war film. But yeah. I was trying to stick by the conventional <laughs> human wars because you, you could have a whole host of movies that weren't uh, war movies. Uh, Star Wars is a war movie set in space I suppose it's, so yeah it's called Star Wars <laughs> it is a war movie it's a war trilogy then, yeah. so. uh, no I just quite enjoyed it it's one of the I think it's 97 it came out uh, 90, 98 I think it was it's, very, it's one of those ones that's got pretty good graphics for the time mm. if you look at it now and that, that's when special effects were there's a special effect shot there's a normal shot not everything is a special effect like Avengers is nowadays yeah. and when he's on the top shooting down and all the stuff where they're sucking the brains out and all that sort of stuff is brilliant uh, the little mini nuclear bombs that go yeah. down the hole that's quite good uh, my number three what have I got Enemy at the Gates is that the Jude Law one mm-hmm. yeah I hated that one <sighs> it really annoyed me what was wrong with it it really annoyed me that because it's set in Russia yeah so they're all Russian or yeah. German yeah some of them speak English with Russian accents, and yeah. some of them speak English with English accents. Well, so why does Jude Law speak with an English accent, but Bob Hoskins has a Russian accent? It just, it really, it's like, do one thing or do the other. Yeah, so you if you've say. got a war movie that does that well, something like Defiance with Daniel Craig and yeah. Leif Schreiber, because when they talk in Yiddish, their normal dialect, they speak in English. Right. So that's to show that it's the common language between them. But then when they talk Russian or German or anything else, they actually say they speak uh, it in that language. Okay. I think that's the best way to do it. Not like a low low. No, goodness, no. <laughs> I wonder what the French version of a low low is. I don't know. Because they speak English in a French accent. Yeah. Do they speak French in an English accent? How do you even <laughs> do that? Bonjour. Bonjour. Je m'appelle. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an English person on holiday. That's what it sounds like. Uh, what do you mean you don't do chips? Don't do chips. Cafe con leche. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so number two for me was Saving Private Ryan again. Okay. Yeah. Um, Why did you scoff so much when I put it at number one? Because I knew you were going to put it at number one. Okay. <laughs> but it is good. Not the um, scene where the guy's getting stamped slowly through the heart. That's oh, a bit yeah. Jewish guy. But I've watched it again since, and you can see it's you can see it's not his body. You can see he's sort of hunkered down on the floor, and they've got like a fake bit over the top. It wasn't really his body. No, it wasn't. Oh my or god! A knife. Yeah. Unbelievable revelations <laughs> on the movie Digest. Yeah, so Saving Private Ryan was number two for me, and number one, mm-hmm. Three Kings. I uh, Three Kings. It wasn't on my list, but it wasn't far away. I I really love Three Kings as well. Yeah, it's, it's a great movie. It's it's almost like a pop video, but an hour and a half long. Yeah, it's got Spike Jones in it as well, who's a big pop video, but he didn't direct it. It was the guy that did David O. Russell, the guy that recently won the what Oscar for Weird Silver Linings Playbook. That's it. Yeah, that yeah. One. Um, George Clooney was good in it. Even what's his face? Marky Mark. Marky Mark. <laughs> he was good. Um, Ice Cube he, as well. Is yeah, he's, he's, yeah, yeah. And where they're pouring the oil down his mouth. And is there not a bit in Three Kings as well where uh, Marky Mark gets shot and it kind of shows the bullet going in and it's like a side-on diagram of it yeah. bursting through the tissue and stuff. To, um, I also thought that was quite cool. To 
do that in real life and see what it's like. Or get shot. No, get <laughs> some guts and animal things and do the stop motion camera they must have used. Because it comes out backwards, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah that's quite good. Um, yeah, so that's my number one. Cool. Good choice. Okay, welcome back to this week's last week's episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so where do we get to on the... Uh, movie news. I movie think that's news, where we've right. got to jump into Let's go things at the deep news. end. Uh, well, we'll start with you. Is there anything that you've seen this week? Uh, I said all my movie news last week and it's just disappeared into the ether. <laughs> um, what news did I have? I think we I were talking a little bit about Clerks 3. Yes. What have you got? you got some extra stuff. Not really. No. <laughs> it's the same stuff. So it, it was just a thing that was launched last week that Kevin Smith said that he started rating, for better or for worse, the script for Clerks 3. Yep. Uh, uh, apparently he's on page 58 now oh is he of however many pages a movie mm, script okay. is so. it's usually about a page a minute so that's about an hour's worth so oh there you go apparently Jeff Anderson is still not on board yet he's the guy that plays Randall yeah there was issues with the accounting on Clerks 2 basically mm. they didn't make any money on it oh whereas the Weinsteins made, made quite a bit yeah so yeah. they basically audited the film which apparently is something that happens on every film but um, okay. they didn't do it at the time but now they're going to audit the film, find out where all the money is, and then hopefully everyone gets a nice cuts. Then Jeff Anderson will be back on board because they can't do the film without him. Yeah, yeah, of course not. You can't do it without Randall. Exactly. So yeah. uh, that's where that is. Mm. Um, I, I think the only other thing from last week's, this week's, this week's, last week's <laughs> podcast was uh, we were talking about the fact that uh, Sam Mendes is now not returning to direct the next Bond movie, yeah, Bond Twenty Four. Rumours on who will be directing the next Bond Nothing movie. updated. I mean, there's a few names flying around the internet on various websites and stuff. So yep. apparently um, Joe Wright is one that a lot of people are recommending. Who is that? Uh, he's a British director. It, probably his most famous film that he's done to date was Atonement with James McAvoy and Keira Knightley. I haven't seen that. Uh, it, it's good. Phenomenally depressing, but it's, it's very well done. <laughs> I've only seen it. film. No, I've only seen it once and that's that's enough for me. But Fair he enough. also did a really cool uh, little action thriller called Hannah, which came out a couple of years ago. No, not seen that. It was really good. I can never remember the name of the, the actress. It was the young actress that was in Atonement as well. She played Hannah. I think her name Sorsha Ronan or something like that. It's an Irish name. Right. Um, she's a terrific little actress. And yeah, so she's in that one as well. She, she was really good. But... Um, yeah, I don't know, but it, it it did. It got me thinking about like what other directors would you want to see coming on board potentially to direct a a, a Bond movie. Hmm. Tar- I've got I've got to see one for me because if you're going along the line of good British directors, I'd quite like to see Danny Boyle getting his hands on it. I think he'd make a pretty good job of it. That'd be good. Uh, Bond to become a drug addict. Since I'm heroin <laughs> den in China, uh, opium den. You get um, Ewan McGregor back to play James yeah. Bond. <laughs> Who Ginger else? Bond. What would a Hitchcock Bond look like? Obviously he's dead, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. There'd be gunshots, but you wouldn't actually see the gun go off or anybody yeah. getting killed. And something what would a cameo like be like? Would he be... I reckon like a good Blofeld, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I guess that's pretty much all the movie news from last week. Um, last week's this week's podcast. Last week's this week's podcast. Uh, the only other things that have really kind of taken my eye this week has been quite a slow week for movie news. The biggest thing for me this week, of course... Of was course. the launch of the uh, Alan Partridge trailer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Woo! Very Partridge, excited. 
So the film's going to be called, uh, apparently it's going to be called Alpha Papa. Yeah, I think it's a great name. <laughs> it's a great name. Uh, if, you, if you head over to YouTube and, and, and have a look at the trailer, you see why it's called Alpha Papa. The trailer's great because it doesn't show you really anything of the movie. It it just anything at all? No, it just it's Alan Partridge with a couple of his friends yeah. or, or work colleagues in a room yeah. talking about what the movie should be called. So he's coming out with all these amazing kind of typical Partridge <laughs> names like... I'm leaning more towards colossal velocity. It's like he's in the room with me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, and another one that, that caught my eye, Chap of Steel, <laughs> which is obviously a playoff Man of Steel from uh, from Superman this summer. But yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I, Amanda Iannucci's on board, so I'm kind of hoping that it's not going to absolutely die like most great British sitcoms that try and make the transition, you know, like it's Ali G one, or something it? like that. I don't know why it doesn't happen that often because you look at a lot of these shows that they're based on things like uh you know ali g was hilariously yeah. funny made an absolutely terrible movie and like so many of these british sitcoms when they try it's and make it's only movie, half an hour long and they build up over a period of time you can't it's difficult to replicate that in an hour and a I half i think so i mean it can be done it's the probably the best example recently was the inbetweeners movie i thought the inbetweeners movie was great i haven't seen that yet i've it's, seen the whole series but i want to see the film so if if you're a fan of the tv series yeah. the, the movie really does it justice it was okay. really well done um it's worth checking out a couple of other trailers that that hit this week uh kick-ass 2 trailer yeah, launched that's good Looks dog on your balls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really looking forward to see Jim Carrey yeah. making an appearance. He looks I pretty. We've really seen him in a good film for a while. What was the last thing he did that was well, really I good? I think he's tried to do more of the kind of um, you know art house indie movies. So he's been yeah. in quite a few of them over the past couple of years. He did uh, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. I thought that he was, was quite great a while in. ago. Though. That was 2004, so the best part of ten years. Yeah. He's d- he did Yes Mr. Man Popper's in 2008. Yeah, he's done a few kids' films. He did the the Robert Zemeckis Christmas Carol, oh, the yeah. motion capture one. Yeah, he's been in a couple of stinkers. So I really hope it'll kind of get him back in the game. And of course, as a couple of trailers for films that are hitting their trilogy period. So we've got the trailer for Iron Man 3 came out recently as well. Yeah, looks good. You pitched, pushed it. But it looks decent enough. I'm yeah. just not that thrilled about it. They call me a teacher. <laughs> it looks like it's the kind of film that's given it, it, all the best parts away in the trailer, to me, I think. Well, there's no story in the trailer. It's just lots of but explosions. It's, like, it's all the shots, so you know like there's going to be a bit where it's like, you need to bring reinforcements. That's your job. <laughs> and then cut to the scene where there's yeah. like 12 Iron Men all flying in the sky. So it's pr- I hope that guy's going to do an English accent again. Alright, I'm in an Iron Man suit. When Dave Barney, Dave Barney <laughs> rubble, trouble. Yeah, and also the Hangover 3 hit recently as well. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I actually, I mean, the second Hangover film was absolutely stinking. I, I, I was talking a couple of weeks ago how the first one's one of my favourite um, comedy films. This week's films. last week's podcast as well. This week's last week's <laughs> podcast. How the first Hangover is one of my favourite comedy films of all time. And yes. The second one was just so appalling. But it's got a different director and it looks like hopefully they'll try and do something different this time. It's not the exact same carbon copy replica movie that the second one was of the first one. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that, that kind of filled me with, with quite a lot of confidence. So, yeah. Is that the end of the movie news then? <laughs> I guess that's Blimey. it. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks worth and we've got about three stories out. Yeah. So, moving on to movies that we have seen this week. Need to come up with a better line for that part. <laughs> what have you seen? That Please don't tell me about last week's stuff. I don't want to hear about it for number four time. <laughs> I'll need to go back over it because it was good movie. Oh, I'll do it very shortly. I will do it very quickly. So the kind of uh, I'll I'll do so. There's four movies quickly to go over. Yeah. Um, 
Two just give that, me their titles. Two that I saw at the cinema and two that I've watched just at home. Yep. Uh, so the, the first one that I saw at the cinema was Ar- Arbitage. Arbitage? Arbitrage? Arbitrage. don't know how to say it. Yep. Uh, so it's a new movie with Richard Gere in it. Yep. Uh, which I really enjoyed, actually. <laughs> I didn't think I would. Okay, just just tell the audience what you think. I'm just going to have a little sleep while you do that. <laughs> the basic premise of the movie is that Richard Gere is this kind of like high-flying guy in the city. He's very successful. He's got a massive family. He's very well-to-do. He's uh, made, made a good life for himself. But very quickly into the movie, you find that all is probably not what it seems. And I don't want to give too much happens, but there's one particular incident that happens to him and sets a whole of a whole chain of uh, events that lead to a very precarious situation for him and a lot of people that are close to him. And it, you, you kind of think that it might be a little bit, the characters might be a little bit shallow, uh, it might be quite straightforward and one-dimensional, but the, the more the movie goes on, the more complex the characters seem and the more complex the situation becomes, so you're not actually too sure which characters you're rooting for, what you want to happen in the end. And I, I think that's the mark of uh, great filmmaking. So uh, yeah, Arbitrage, I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed. And the other film I went to see just recently in the cinema was um, Oz the Great and Powerful. Sorry, yes, I'm back in the room now. <laughs> we weren't, didn't talk about that one last week, did we? No. No, great, right. I'm, a, I'm here, I'm ready, go. <laughs> was it as good as you kept going on about? It was really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Obviously, <clears throat> it, you cannot watch it without trying to compare it to the original film which is which I haven't seen but it's a bona fide classic I mean that is like well the new one's a bona fide classic no I mean the original it's one of the greatest films ever made it's an incredible movie but they did a really good job with this I thought Sam Raimi did a great job considering the restraints I didn't even know until after I'd seen the film that this was made by Disney rather than Warner Brothers right so they couldn't use any of the stuff that was in the original film out with the, the main characters and the context. So there's no ruby slippers in this film because they're a prop from the original ah, film. Okay. Even the the green the green witch, the wicked witch, isn't the same colour of green as the original movie because <laughs> okay. they, they could be taken to court for that. So I thought despite all that, they did a really good job. It's a great cast. James Franco is really good as the, the, mm-hmm. the, the wizard. Wizard to be. Uh, you've got Zach Braff from Scrubs. Yeah. And... I can't remember the name of the girl, but they, they do the kind of support act. So they play people in real life before he goes into Oz from Kansas, yeah. who then play characters later on in the movie. And Zach Braff's character is called Finley. I was absolutely <laughs> delighted. With the correct that. spelling? Not with the correct spelling. Not Well, not the bizarre spelling that I've got. It's F-I-N-L-E-Y he's spelled. Uh, I was, when I was um, watching Sharktopus the other week, mm. one of the um, characters' names is Andy Flynn who is a guy I used to work with. So it's really weird. He's going, hey, Andy Flynn. Like, I know that guy. It's so weird people saying Finley in an American yeah. accent as well. Finley. Like, this is my friend, Finley. Just, oh, it sounds weird. But I was, I was so... And he's a really cool character as well. So um, it was good as well because it trod that, that really fine line where... It wasn't like Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland from... That's from kind of what it looks like from the trailer. It looks a bit like that, and it's the same studio. But yeah. whereas that was just a kind of sickly, sweet kind of music video almost. Yeah. And didn't really do justice to the to the mythos of the Alice in Wonderland books. Yeah. This really did do quite a good job of... Where the original film 
it does have really scary moments, you know, with well, you won't know, but no. like, it's got like these, flying these wind and flying stuff. monkeys yeah. and the, the green witch is terrifying. Yeah. I mean, like her laugh and she's so evil and look, so they, they did a great job with that. I mean, there, there are parts of it which are quite scary. Um, What's the writing? It's a PG. Ah, okay. Uh, so it's, it's a kid's film, but um, it did, they did it well. There were a couple of things that I, I made that it wasn't quite as good as it could have been, I think. Um, one of those things was just to do with the story. So I made a, a point a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about, you know, that test where it, it, it tries to highlight the role of women in movies. Yeah. And obviously a great example of that is the original Wizard of Oz because all the main characters are female. The way that they interact with each other is unlike a lot of uh, female interaction in a lot of films. That you watch. That I watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I, I was a little disappointed the fact that so there there are three witches mm-hmm. in in this film and Oz played by James Franco meets all of them yeah. and they all kind of fall in love with him in various degrees throughout the film so it's like for these three characters or, or when the original film had such strong female characters yeah the fact that they they're all kind of yeah, they yeah, head over heels as soon as they see the wizard. That annoyed me slightly. It's a bit like me when I walk into a club, <laughs> which I haven't done for a very long time. Yes, yeah. um, and also as well, they were just they were a wee bit too sexy as well. Sexy witches, yeah. Because mm. Mila Kunis is in it, and she's absolutely cute as a button. Right. So even after something happens to her, and she kind of mutates and changes during the film, still hot, still. I mean, she's wearing a corset and this doesn't leave a huge amount to the imagination. And yeah. I just, uh, that, again, that kind of just takes a little bit away from the characters because you just see them in this particular way. But apart from that, I, I, I overall, I really enjoyed the film and it's totally worth checking out. If you're a fan of the original Wizard of Oz, yeah. it's definitely worth checking out. Even if you've never seen it before, <laughs> you'll probably know enough of the story. And there are also some really nice little nods to the original film. So obviously they can't have any of the original characters so there's yeah. no Dorothy Gale yeah there's no Cowardly Lion there's no Scarecrow there's no Tin Man yeah but um, they can allude to them w- yeah one of the when the wizard first meets Finley the little monkey that becomes his helper <laughs> yeah um, there's quite a lot of parallels <laughs> between that and us isn't there I mean, the little wizard, helper yeah. Finley when he first meets him they're kind of accosted by a lion and uh. Oz is able to perform some sort of trick that makes the lion turn and head in the other direction yeah. so you think oh that might be the cowardly, cowardly line. line and that's where he lost his kind of right. uh, nerve of, and that, uh, but they're just very subtle things and they don't reference it at all so from that point I, I, I really enjoyed it so it's definitely worth checking out nice uh, two films uh, <laughs> that I talk about that I watched uh, last weekend I watched five films on Sunday alone <laughs> So that kind of tells you a lot. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Seems to be a recurring theme that you talk about. Just two of those to highlight. One was Taken 2. I finally got Mm -hmm. around to watching that. I made sure I didn't see the 12 rating that was at the cinema. I wanted to see the extended cut, which was hopefully a bit more beefy. It's nowhere near as good as the first one. And it is, in parts, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But in saying that, I don't think it was half as bad as most people made out. I I don't know anything about it. not seeing the trailer. Um, this is basically the same so the first film Liam Neeson's daughter gets taken and gets put into rings where she'll probably end up working as a a sex worker Mm -hmm. uh, in Europe and Liam Neeson tracks her down and you know basically takes names does not stop until he kills everyone on the way the the sequel 
kind of follows the the guys that he's killed in the first film their family and friends are basically outraged so they basically try and track down him to get revenge right so they end up kidnapping both Liam Neeson and his wife mm-hmm. um while the three of them Liam Neeson his wife and his daughter are in Istanbul on holiday um and and, and it kind of escalates from there and there's bits where they escape and then they're captured again and all this kind of thing um I think my favorite bit was when He's captured, but he's trying to talk his daughter through how to figure out where she is. Right. So she she basically throws a live grenade out of a hotel window in the middle of Istanbul <laughs> right. onto the top of a car park. <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, and then it, she keeps throwing them around the city and it just, poof, like, it doesn't kill anybody. But I'm just like, really? Would that happen? Oh, so they can hear. Yeah, so that he can hear where she is. Um, kind well, of a cool she, concept. She had a, was she stupid. captured? No. He no. was captured? He was, yeah. So where, she, where was she getting live grenades from? From a box that he had in their hotel room. Uh, right, fine. Um, yeah. It's dreadful, but okay. it's... I, I thought it was quite good fun. Did so, it crack open the accent? Liam Neeson's great because he does all these accents, but you can basically tell he's an Irishman trying to do all of these different <laughs> accents. So whether it's Rob Roy, yeah. he's an Irishman clearly doing a bit of a Scottish accent. Whenever he's in Taken, yeah. he's Irish, but with a little American twang. So it's uh, I I do I do love Liam Neeson's accents. It's like um, it was the bit from the first one where he's like, "If you let her go now, that'll be the end of it." It's like he definitely that was sounds, Scottish. That was an Irish. No, that's, I, that's that's what he sounds like. He's got this bizarre accent. So yeah, uh, but the only, one film that I did watch at the weekend, which I absolutely loved, uh, which was one of the kind of so-called underrated films of last year, it didn't get a massive release, is a film called Smashed. Yeah. So Smashed is this film uh, about two kind of functioning alcoholics and the wife in the relationship uh, tries to sober up and it's basically the kind of her journey of trying to sober up while her husband remains still doing his thing uh, being an alcoholic and it's just it's phenomenally well acted and the performances are great so the the, the two leads in it are Mary Elizabeth Winstead who played John McClane's daughter in um, Die Hard 4 and her husband is played by Aaron Paul who most people will know from being Brian Cranston's sidekick the kind of younger guy in uh, Breaking Bad which is an awesome TV show it's brilliantly done the soundtrack's great the acting's amazing and it's incredibly realistic and heartfelt so when it gets to the kind of payoff at the end it's genuinely quite moving and yeah I just if it's it's one of those things that just it feels like it if it had been more high profile actors it probably would have got a lot more recognition and, and maybe been involved in award season and stuff like that I, I genuinely thought it was that good so that's definitely one to check out uh, what about you were there any films that you saw last week huh. I saw well, I was saying earlier I watched a little bit of Mr Bean's Holiday <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I only saw about 10 minutes of it, but I saw about three quarters of Scooby-Doo 2. Oh, dear. Yeah. Is that the live action ones? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a kid's film. Charlotte loved it. <laughs> I was indifferent. I was more trying to work out how they did all the special effects. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was one bit where Shaggy drinks a uh, potion and he gets the body of a woman. <laughs> and I thought, well, I wouldn't have uh, thrown the rest of the potion on. <laughs> and then uh, Scooby-Doo drinks some of the potion. He turns into the Tasmanian Devil. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the yeah, cartoon yeah, yeah, version yeah. of the Tasmanian that Devil. Was yeah. A bit bizarre. <laughs> anyway, it's a good fun film for the kids. Uh, what else did I watch? 
Do you ever really get the chance to watch anything above no. a PG? No, I tried to watch the Grand Prix yesterday. Mm. Um, the Australian Grand Prix. It was the start of the F1 season, wasn't it? Yeah, so I watched maybe I watched the build-up and then Lucy woke up from her sleep and I can't watch any more than that, so I have to wait <laughs> till the evening. So no, it's basically when the telly's on, it's for the kids. Mm. To be fair, Formula One, if you've seen one lap, you've pretty much seen them all, haven't mm, you? Yeah, seen football, oh, they're kicking <laughs> it around the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, one thing to add is uh, next week, we haven't decided what our top five is going to be. Oh, yes, yes. So if you go to the website, there is a poll, or there will be a poll, um, with a choice of four things, I think it is, to for our next top five. So have a look at the website. It's Rom-coms, everybody, rom-coms. Yeah, it's... Uh, the moviedigest.wordpress.com mm-hmm. um, find the post with the uh, poll click on the one you want click submit and then we will look at them if we don't like the choice we'll pick our own <laughs> <laughs> no we, we will stick to it so please don't pick romcom um, so that's it for this week's episode of the movie digest I've been JQ and I've been Finn bye bye bye